Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Well, as we gather today, we are wrapping up our series called Four. There's a caricature of Christians that we've talked about all month, and that is that we are primarily a people who are against certain things. And I think that's a caricature because as followers of Christ, we know Paul says in Romans 8 that God is for us, and if God is for us, then nothing can separate us from his love. This frees us up to be able to extend his love to others. We've talked about that all month, how it begins in our neighborhoods, and then it moves on to our city for Norman, and then we have the opportunity, last week we saw, to impact nations. Well, today we're going to wrap up this series by talking about the strategic opportunity we have as followers of Christ and as Wildwood Community Church to be for the next generation. But before we look at uh, Psalm 145, which will be the passage that we're going to be in today, before we look at that, I want to just acknowledge that this Friday is a big event. This Friday is the opening ceremonies to the Winter Olympics. I don't know how many of you are Winter Olympic or just Olympic fans. I mean, anybody in here watch the Olympics, excited about the Olympics? I mean, we're big Olympic fans at the Robinson household. And even though I don't understand most of the events of the Winter Olympics, I mean, as a matter of fact, I live in Oklahoma. It's both warm and flat, so I don't understand these games. But um, I will tune in to watch the opening ceremonies. You know, the, the countries parade in and the anthems and it's just pomp and circumstance and entertainment. It's, it's a wonderful thing. But there is a point in the opening ceremonies that everything builds towards. And that is the lighting of the Olympic cauldron, right? When the, when the flame makes it to the stadium. Now, this is something we've seen over and over again, but you might not be aware of how that flame gets there. Going all the way back to 1936, the flame has gotten to the host site of the Olympics by traveling in a relay race all the way back from Athens. There's actually a a, a mirror in Athens, you see a picture of it here, where the sunlight is used to focus energy on the end of this torch and light it. It goes all the way back to this idea of the Greek mythology and Greek gods and somehow the gods are lighting the torch. But they light it there in Athens, and then after that torch is lit, it begins a relay moving from that location to its host site for the year. It takes a long time to carry a torch from Athens to Korea. As a matter of fact, the the relay began for this Olympic Games back in October, and it's been making that journey, thousands of people carrying it a mile at a time, taking it all the way from Athens to Korea, where it will arrive at the opening ceremonies on Friday night. And when it gets there, it will hit that cauldron, and it will be this climactic moment. Now, I tell you that story today because I think it proves a helpful analogy for us when we think about our opportunity as followers of Christ. Do you realize that as followers of Christ, God has focused the activity of his Spirit on us? He has saved us by grace. He has sent Jesus to die for us and gave us knowledge of that. He has sent his spirit to light up our souls. And as we become on fire for Christ, it is God's desire that we carry that torch around the world. That's what we talked about last week. It begins in our neighborhoods. It extends to our cities. But we have the opportunity of carrying that torch all over the world. 
But what we'll see today is that we have the opportunity not just to carry that torch across geography, but we also have the opportunity to carry that torch across history. In other words, there were those who knew Christ before us in previous generations that carried knowledge of Christ to us, and now we as followers of Christ today have the opportunity of carrying that message on to the next generation. That's what we're going to look at today. And we're going to look at it inside of Psalm 145. Now, specifically today, we're going to look at one verse in Psalm 145. Psalm 145 and verse 4. But instead of just looking at that one verse, which would be like looking at one line of one song, a helpful exercise, but we kind of need to know what song it's inside. And the Psalms were, were ancient songs of praise. And so what I want us to do is I want us to sing Psalm 145 because we found the tune. No, we don't know the tune, um, and I'm not going to lead us a cappella, so rest easy. But what we are going to do is we are going to read Psalm 145 together. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to read it responsively. Now, you may have grown up in a tradition where you did this every Sunday, uh, or this may be new to you, but we're going to read responsively Psalm 145 and the way that we'll do that is we'll have on the screen here in front of us, the, I will read a line, and then the line that you all will read back to me will be the line that is in bold and underlined. Does that make sense? And we'll work our way through the entire psalm. So just as we stood when we sung earlier, so we will stand now as we read this psalm together. Psalm 145, a song of praise, a song of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. To make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name.
Amen. You may be seated. And so we have Psalm 145. And inside of Psalm 145 is this statement by David of the privilege we have at passing along the works of God from one generation to the next. We're going to look at that verse now and see three things about our ministry to the next generation. The first thing we're going to see is this, pass the torch, pass the torch. Now we see this in 145 and verse 4 as David here talks and says, one generation shall commend your works to another. There's this idea of generations, the idea that, that David's generation had received a message about who God was from a previous generation, and it was their privilege now to carry that torch and then pass it on to those that came after him. Now, friends, we're very comfortable with the idea of God's truth coming down to us in a vertical fashion, right? The idea that that God has delivered to us a message uh, in our lives. The, The day that we became a follower of Christ, the Spirit came down vertically. It resides within our soul. When, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, God came down. When, when God spoke to Moses on the mountaintop and gave him the Ten Commandments, it came down vertically. Where we're comfortable with the idea of God's involvement vertically as followers of Christ. But one of the things I think that we need to remember is God does not just communicate truth vertically, stepping down in time, but God actually also communicates his truth horizontally from generation to generation. See, there are things about God that we know because God has preserved them in history. When we hold our Bibles in our hands, we hold a collection of of historical documents that let us know about life for the last few thousand years and how it has developed on the face of the earth. We are receiving, as we hold this book in our hands, a torch that has been passed to us horizontally through time. And we have the privilege of carrying this on and passing it to others. Not only is that true of this book that we hold, but it's also true in how God has blessed us through previous generations. I want you just to think back in your mind to those who spoke the word of God to you at some point in your life. Maybe it was somebody that first told you the story of Jesus on a flannel graph board in a vacation Bible school class, or the person that taught your Sunday school class, or a student ministry leader, or that campus ministry person who was involved with crew or InterVarsity or whatever, navigators, and they were meeting with you, and they sat down over a table and a cup of coffee, and they explained to you the truth. There has been a time in your life where you have received a blessing because somebody who came before you has horizontally passed along the word of God to you. David understands that. And so in his psalm, he talks about one generation commending the works of the Lord to the next. It's just the way God works. And sometimes when we we think about that and we begin to reflect on it and we see it here in Psalm 145 and verse 4, we're tempted to think that this is somehow a unique statement. That maybe David just in a one-off comment, this is the only place it's found in Scripture. But just take a look at the rest of the psalms. This idea of one generation commending the works of the Lord to the next is found in Psalm 48, 13, Psalm 71, 18, Psalm 78, 6, 79, 13, 102, 18. 
I'll leave them up there for a minute just if you want to write them down. We're not going to flip there and turn, but every one of those psalms, again and again, it talks about one generation commending the works of the Lord to the next. It's a responsibility that we have. It's an opportunity that we have. A torch was passed to us by others, and we have the opportunity to pass it on to them. And this idea is not just an idea that is found in the Old Testament and the Psalms, but it carries over into the New Testament as well. Really, a, a great passage to reflect on is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. Now, this passage is a passage about discipleship, and it's a very important, significant New Testament passage in that vein. And Paul writes to Timothy and says this. He says, Timothy, what you heard from me, Paul... In the presence of many witnesses, entrust a faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It's the idea of having spiritual generations. What we have received, we are passing on, and there's an expectation that what we pass on, they will pass on to others as well. Now, certainly 2 Timothy 2 is not just talking about communication between literal generations. I mean, obviously, 2 Timothy 2 would also apply to a peer that you were sharing Christ with or discipling or maybe even somebody older than you. But I think another very real application of this passage is to think of it in terms of a church's strategic investment in those that follow them. Warren Wiersbe, I think, accurately says that every church is one generation away from extinction. Now, by that, we're not talking about Christ's church. Jesus says he's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm talking about this church. I'm talking about individual congregations, one generation away from extinction. In other words, if all we are concerned about and all we share Christ with and all we impart is to those our age or older, we will eventually die. But strategically, we have been given the opportunity to take the message that we have received from previous generations and to pass it on to the next. And friends, this is an exciting opportunity that Wildwood gets and is a part of our DNA. You know, going back to, to 2008, just, just out of curiosity, if you were at Wildwood in 2008, raise your hand. Okay, we got about half, maybe. Maybe, maybe a third of the room, just raise their hand. We're a part of Wildwood in 2008. Well, if you were a part of Wildwood in 2008, you know that at that time we talked about this thing called the Pass It On Initiative and the opportunity for us to take some strategic steps in reaching the next generation. And it involved hiring staff. You realize before that, we didn't have full-time children's staff, not even one. We also believed that we wanted to develop some facility space. We didn't have a children's building. We wanted to build that in order to introduce children to Christ and to pass along to the next generation. Um, we didn't host things like Camp in the City, which is this extravaganza that happens here in the summertime um, sign-ups begin on Monday, but we, we didn't host that back in 2008. Um, we, we, we didn't have a vacation Bible school that we hosted here in 2008. Now, it was it, within our hearts, it was within our desire to do those things, but we weren't, but we, as a church, strategically saw the opportunity to take the torch that had been handed to us and to very intentionally step in and pass it on. And so we are. And we're involved in children's ministry. But it doesn't just stop there, does it? I mean, children grow up. And we see the opportunity to impact the next generation, not just with those fifth grade and under, but also with those in sixth through twelfth grade. Why do we spend a portion of our service today talking about D now? We do so because it matters to us. We are so excited about what God is doing in the next generation of students here and the opportunity they have to connect to Christ inside of the D now weekend. And that's, that's why we're hosting it. 
And it doesn't just stop with them either, right? We have college students who are here. A number of them will be in our 11 o'clock service today. Why are we so excited about them coming to lunch with us on, on, on today after church down in the Fellowship Center? Why are we excited about the 50-plus of them that are gathering in groups on Tuesday night right now learning what it means to be a man or a woman of God, biblically speaking? We're excited about those things because we see this torch that has been brought to us by a previous generation, and very intentionally as a church, we want to pass it on to the next. Friends, I, I say this today as a means of encouragement. You get it. We need to keep getting it. We need to keep investing in the next generation because God's truth does not just come down vertically, it comes down horizontally, and we have the opportunity to pass along what he has done in our lives to the next generation. Let's excel still more. The first thing that we see is that we are to pass the torch. The second thing that we see, though, is this. We are to adore the Almighty. Adore the Almighty. Now, we see this inside of David's statement in verse 4. David says, one generation shall commend your works to another. Now, this is the English Standard Version, the ESV. That's what I'm using here. That word that is here translated commend is translated with a different word in the New American Standard Bible. The New American Standard Bible, I think it more accurately grasps this idea when it translates that word praise. When we stood and read Psalm 145 before, what was it a psalm of? Was it a psalm of of lament? Was it a psalm asking questions? No, it was a psalm of praise. The whole context is a psalm of praise. And what David is saying in verse 4 is that one generation has the privilege of praising God to the next. This is talking not just about the communication of information, okay? We're going to talk about sound doctrine in a minute. If that's where you want to go, don't worry, we're going to get there. But right now, for just a moment, just think about what it means for one generation to praise God to the next, for one generation to adore God to the next. It's the idea that that one generation will be so infatuated with God, so moved by his love, so real a relationship they would have with him, that the next generation watching them walk with God goes, I want to have what they have. Because their relationship is with someone real. Friends, David wanted one generation not just to communicate information, not just to get the catechism and hand it down and say, hey, learn that. He wanted one generation to so walk with God that the next generation says, I want to walk with God like they do. Because he is real, and I know he's real because I see how he's at work in their lives. You think about this in other areas of our life. How many of you have had somebody come up to you, even just in the last few weeks, and said, hey, I just saw this movie just the other night. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was so good. You got to see this movie. Or I just watched this new television show. I started streaming it on Friday night, and I was on Netflix, and I watched every episode, seven seasons, and their eyes are bloodshot. But you're just watching them, and you're... You can't help but lean in because they're so excited about it. Or they said, you know what, I was on this flight and I grabbed this book and I started reading it and I got home and I stayed up all night reading this book. You gotta know about this book. Or I just watched this game the other night and Gary Harris hit hit this amazing last second shot to beat the thunder and it was heartbreaking but it was wonderful and you gotta see the highlights. See, if somebody comes to you with that, you're you're going, Mark, you're exhausting me, right? And, And some of you are going, I don't listen to that. I only listen to indie tunes that nobody else has ever heard of. Okay, I understand that. I understand. There's some of you out there that that kind of want to march to your own beat. But most of us 
are impacted by that enthusiasm. Most of us, in response to that enthusiasm, lean in. And friends, what David is saying is that we are to commend, we are to praise, we are to adore God to the next generation so that they want what we are having. That's the idea. Now, let me just be honest with you for a moment on a couple of levels. Um, On one level, I just want to talk about my own life. I began to follow Christ in part because I saw someone who was walking with Christ. I saw somebody who Jesus was making a difference in their life. This, this guy, Dwight Nash, he was the youth pastor at our church. He was working part-time, but, but somehow the Spirit of God put it on his heart, and he pursued me. And I didn't want to go to church, and so he went where I was, to the golf course and the tennis court and the basketball court. And in those places, he talked to me about Jesus. But I don't remember what he taught. He taught me good things, but what I remember was that he talked about God like he was real. And it moved my heart, and I began to follow Christ. My guess is in your life, in your story, something similar happened. At some point, you came around somebody who had a real deal relationship with Jesus, and it changed your perspective of what was even possible. We have the opportunity to pass that along. Now, let me be real in another direction. Are we passing it along? As I studied this passage and prepared for today, I, I, I found myself sobered and a little scared along this thought. Does my son think that I work at a church? Or does he know that I love Jesus? It's a sobering question to ask. Is he following Jesus because on Sunday you're a Robinson and you show up here? Or is he following Jesus because Jesus is worthy of our attention? Friends, do your, your kids, your grandkids, they know that you are a churchgoer or do they know that you're a follower of Christ? It's a sobering question, isn't it? It ought to challenge us and spur us on even more to really walk with God, to share the, the good times and the bad with the next generation so that they would know that it is real and God is really worthy of our trust. Friends, we pass along not just the information, but we pass on an adoration of our God. Third thing I want us to see is this. Teach the truth. Teach the truth. As we carry this torch, what lies behind it is not just sentiment. We're not just sharing nice thoughts. We're not just sharing Hallmark cards. We're not just sharing flip over calendar books, but we're, we're sharing a true and real God who revealed himself in history and has been preserved, that truth has been preserved and carried forward. We have received a statement of sound doctrine that we have the privilege of imparting to the next generation. We see it here as, as David says that we are to declare, he says in verse four, shall declare your mighty acts. We shall speak about them. When David said that, I think he was talking about the mighty acts in Israel's history that were preserved in the Old Testament books that they had at that time. He's talking about the Exodus and, and God's faithfulness to lead his people out of, out of Egypt and the, the victory over Pharaoh. And he's talking about the giving of the Ten Commandments and the establishment of the nation. David, as he said this, that no doubt he's got those things in his mind as he's talking about the mighty acts that God did in their past. 
And friends, as we think about passing along this torch to the next generation, we have the privilege of passing along a body of truth that was preserved for us that we can hand on to them. And, and friends, we get to do that. If, if you participate in our next generation ministries here at Wildwood, that's, that's what we do. Whether it's student ministry, college ministry, children's ministry, we, we pass along the truth to them. We, we open up God's word in all of those environments and we teach it. Why? Because we believe that we're not just passing along good thoughts, but we're passing along the re, real revelation of who God is. You know, I think about just this last week, I, I was invited to teach in our Awana ministry. I, I don't get to do that all the time, but I got to do it on Wednesday night. And uh, I, I love that because my, my son's over there, third to fifth grade, and, and I, I was assigned a passage to teach. Um, it wasn't just Mark come in and teach on whatever you want to. It's Mark come in and teach on the second coming of Jesus. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, we're, we're well past the flannel graph now, okay? So uh, I've, I've got to think about how do we teach that to third, fourth, or fifth graders? But it was a wonderful thing to do. And how exciting to be able to teach them about the hope that we have in Jesus. Again, we're not just filling time in our children's ministry. We're not just filling time in our student ministry. We're not just killing time in our college ministry, trying to have people make a few friends. We want people to grasp and understand who God is. We have the privilege of teaching that and teaching the hope that is found in that in all of those environments. Friends, I don't know what it looks like uh, for you, but we gather this truth and we have the privilege of passing it on. And not only do we pass along this truth, uh, here, but we also have the opportunity to pass along the personal stories of what God has done in our lives. I think when David is talking about the mighty acts, he certainly was talking about the things that God did in the Israelites' lives in the past, but he also no doubt was talking about what God had done in his own life, in David's own life, in his lifetime. And in the same way as we talk to the next generation, we need to give testimonies of what God has done. You know, you think about this at your dinner table. If you've got generations at your dinner table, what are some ways over dinner, over lunch, over breakfast that you can talk about something that you saw God do? Not back in the Bible days, we could talk about that too, but even today, this week, what's one thing that we've seen God do that we could share with others? It's an opportunity for us to declare the mighty acts of God to the next generation. It's part of how he becomes real to us. We pass along the truth, but we also pass along God's current involvement. You know, sometimes that can be something that we do even in the midst of, of prayer requests. Where we're praying for something, well, what happened? We can have those conversations around the dinner table. We had a couple of those this week in the Robinson house. Just in, invite you to have conversations about the mighty acts of God as we pass along his truth to the next now, friends, I mentioned earlier that this is a category of things that uh, Wildwood has grasped in the past, and, and it's something that we are involved in in the presence, including many of you. You know, when you think just of the, the serving roles at Wildwood for those working with people 21 years old and, and under, we're talking about three, 400 people involved in those. And those are just the ministries that are directly attached here. I'm not talking about the, those of you that are serving with, with Young Life or with other ministries with young people or just have a heart for the young people in your neighborhood or inviting them to come with you or mentoring in the local schools. I'm just talking about those who have a serving role right here. And so I just want us to respond to this message in a couple of ways. And the way that we have facilitated doing that is through a response card. And so um, in your bulletin, you got a form that looks like this. If you got a bulletin, pull this little piece of paper out. 
and kind of get it in front of you. Um, when we think about this little piece of paper, it, it says at the top, this is about, you know, pass me the torch. In other words, we've received this, we have the privilege of passing it on to the next generation. And then underneath that, it's got a couple of different boxes that you can check. At the top, it says, I'm still in. And, and this, this box is there very intentionally. Sometimes when we talk about things, we talk about it only for those that want to get involved for the first time involved in something. But we've got so many who are involved in next generation ministry. I, I want you, if you're currently serving in some way in next generation ministries, just to put an X in that box and write down where you're serving. And as you do that, you're reminded that you're doing that in response to what we talked about today, the privilege we have of passing on the truth of God. So for many of you, that's how you'll mark this, this box. But for others, you can mark, I'm interested. I'm interested, right? Maybe you're, you're serving, but you want to serve in a different area. Or maybe you're, you're not currently serving, but you would love to begin. You can mark that I'm interested box. And then under that, you've got some options. One of those options is to get involved in D-Now host homes with our student ministry. And I'll say we're, we're almost full on those host homes now, even since we printed this, it's very exciting. But if you would like to get involved in student ministry in some way, mark that box and Jonathan and his team will get back in touch with you. Uh, the next thing is children's ministry. If you'd like to serve in children's ministry in some way on Sunday or Wednesday, mark that box and we'll follow up. The next one will be adopt the sooner. In our collegiate ministry, we like to build relationships with our college students. We're praying for them. You see them on their, 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 their names and faces are out there on a wall in the gathering hall right now for us to be able to pray for them. But we also want to build some personal relationships. And so if you would like to have a college student in your home and begin just hanging out with them a little bit, you know, maybe once a month, we would love to have you respond to the Adopt-A-Sooner piece there. Or if you'd like to serve in Vacation Bible School, there's an opportunity to, to mark an interest there. Uh, but we just wanted to create a path, if God is moving in your heart today, either to affirm your current involvement or to take a new step of involvement in next generation ministry, we want to create a path for you to do that. And the way that you can turn that in is as you mark that down, when you leave this room today, as you leave each of the doors, you'll see a bucket where you can drop that form and we will follow up and help connect you uh, to the opportunities we have around here in Next Generation Ministry. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for the opportunity to worship today. And thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for this beautiful psalm that David sung and wrote and how it reminds us of the privilege we have of passing the torch of the knowledge of Jesus Christ to the next generation. Father, that we would be faithful, as Paul says to Timothy, to teach others also, because we have been taught the truth by a previous generation. Father, we pray that, that you would guide us as a church to not lose sight of the strategic opportunity. And Father, that you would raise up a generation of young people who will change their generation and will change the world. We thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. 